good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. And we'll start off with the first story of the day. The Thai Prime Minister has no objection to holding New Year countdown events. Thailand's Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration has been assigned by Prime Minister Prayachana Cha to discuss with businesses how a New Year countdown event can be held in a way which will not lead to a COVID-19 resurgence. The Prime Minister told the media that he is pleased with the slowdown in new infections over the past several weeks, which he said is a healthy sign and the government is preparing to ease lockdown restrictions further, citing the New Year countdown event as one example. He said that he has told the CCSA to try conclude talks with the private sector about the New Year's Eve event within a week and that it must be held outdoors with measures taken to prevent a new round of infections. Although the Omicron variant has not been detected in Thailand yet, the Prime Minister said that he has instructed officials to try track down the remaining travellers from eight African countries already in Thailand for RT-PCR tests to make sure they are free from the Omicron variant. So it looks like we may be having a New Year's Eve event. It won't be Lisa from Blackpink or Miss Puccelli, who uh, seems to have disappeared from all talk and headline events. Unfortunately, that seems to be a complete nonsense from the government, as usual. In relation to the infections and the declining numbers, now it is worth noting that the number of tests have completely declined as well at the same time. And what has been going on and something I have noticed is people who are positive from COVID have found out basically from self-testing at home using these rapid antigen test kits and they're not reporting themselves to authorities because well we know what happens when you do report yourself to authorities you're locked up in a field hospital or thrown in a hospital and you know told to stay there for 10 to 14 days basically in quarantine and people don't want to go through that so a lot of people are just not reporting it themselves. They're just staying at home. They're testing themselves every day. And as soon as they get a few days of negative results, then they go back on and get on with it, which is really probably the way we need to go eventually when it comes to all of this. But I am happy to see that there will be some New Year's Eve events. I'll be interested to see how they'll be organized and Hopefully they won't be like the Patia Music Festival where people are all sitting down with a 1.5 meter distance around them, not being allowed to dance or actually have any fun. So let's hope that there will be a New Year's Eve event with some fun involved in it too. And while we're on the subject of New Year's Eve, what will you be doing in your country for New Year's Eve? Where do you celebrate? Is there something you do every year that's special to you? I'd love to know all about it down in the comment section. And next up, illegal border crossers caught in Chiang Mai. 15 more job seekers and two guides from Myanmar were arrested after they crossed the border into Thailand in Phang district shortly before dawn on Saturday. A patrol from the Pha Muang Task Force spotted a group of 11 men and 4 women walking along the border in Tambon Mainong around 5.30am and stopped them for questioning. Soldiers also found 69 speed pills hidden in a shoulder bag of one of the guides. During questioning, the migrants told the arresting officers that they had crossed the border to get work in Thailand. They were destined for jobs in Chiang Mai and Bangkok and had paid 20,000 baht per head to the guides. Illegal migration from Myanmar has been rising steadily in recent months as the economy has deteriorated substantially since the February 1st coup. 
Employers in Thailand need tens of thousands of labourers as the economy reopens, but attempts to bring them in legally are fraught with difficulty. Negotiations with Ne Pi to renew a, a memorandum of understanding on labour imports changed after the coup in February, while the pandemic has further complicated labour import procedures. The army, meanwhile, has stepped up surveillance of the poorest 2,400-kilometre border to prevent illegal crossings as part of stepped-up efforts to further suppress COVID-19. Now, I think the story here is not how many they caught, but how many are actually getting through on a daily basis. And this is certainly not something that will be reported on too much in the media. I recently read a an article in relation to this and it was with a Myanmar national who was working in Bangkok illegally at a restaurant or bar and he discussed that for every 20 to 30 that are caught and paraded on TV three or four hundred are getting through and there is no real way to stop this because of the huge open border between Myanmar and Thailand. I don't believe there's a quick fix or a quick solution for this problem but they do need to look at ways of bringing in workers legally into the country that doesn't put a financial burden on either the migrant worker or the employer because at the moment I think that is the greatest barrier for people and employers who want to come to Thailand to work. Migrant workers are subjected to 14 days quarantine and they're certainly not in swanky hotels and beautiful field hospitals let me tell you. So hopefully a solution will be found in the future to this because there is an awful lot of people in Myanmar who are trying to get out to build a better life for themselves especially after the coup on February 1st. And moving along, Constitutional Court's full verdict enrages LGBT community rights defenders. Thailand's Constitutional Court ruled on November 10 that Section 1448 of the Civil and Commercial Code defining marriage as only between men and women is constitutional following a petition filed by two LGBT persons seeking same-sex marriage. The ruling has been met with some frustration with LGBTQI+, feminist and pro-democracy groups gathering in Bangkok on Sunday in support of their joint campaign demanding equal rights for all genders. But it has only been recently that public outrage took to another level, with the full content of the court's long ruling behind being released. A lot of phrases in the text are being deemed by some as sexist, politically incorrect and even demeaning prompting a much louder outcry on social media with the Thai language hashtag translated as the constitutional court is sexist, top trending on Twitter since last night. The 12-page ruling notes that marriage is when a man and a woman are willing to live together, build a husband and wife relationship to reproduce their offspring under the morals, traditions, religion and the law of each society. Marriage is therefore reserved for only a man and a woman. Other parts of the verdict also mention that members of the LGBTQIA community cannot reproduce as it is against nature and that people of those communities are no different to other animals with strange behaviours or physical features. Human rights lawyer and advocate against domestic violence Kun Yapa tweeted, When prejudiced feelings or beliefs move into the realm of behaviour, the result is discrimination which denies to individuals or groups of people equality of treatment. Hashtag the constitutional court is sexist is clear evidence of institutionalized discrimination. Last year, the cabinet approved the civil partnership bill and amendments to the civil and commercial code, both of which aim to legalize same-sex partnerships, but not marriage. However, the bill hasn't yet passed by parliament and has already attracted some criticism 
which claims that the bill does not ensure the same rights as those enjoyed by heterosexual married couples and those not recognise engagements between same-sex couples. And next up, Patia quenches its thirst. The alcohol ban was lifted in Patia on Friday, a move hailed by tourism-related businesses that had complained that they lost 60% of their income in what was already a lukewarm market. The Provincial Communicable Disease Committee issued an order on Friday stating that restaurants and hotel eateries with a Safety and Health Administration SHA Plus certificate located in blue zone areas are allowed to sell alcohol while adopting preventative measures in a COVID-free setting. The available hours are limited to 11am to 2pm and 5pm to 11pm. The acting president of the Chanbury Tourism Council said the province's blue zone was reporting less than 100 daily infections. In contrast, Bangkok had more than 700 cases per day and Phuket more than 100. Both are allowed to serve alcohol to guests. Bookings for year-end banquets and staff parties from corporate groups at industrial estates in Sirasha have also fallen as a result of the ban, he said. On Friday, 13 tourism-related organisations released a statement asking the provincial governor to lift the alcohol ban at SHA plus certified restaurants and hotels in blue zone areas, which include Banglamung, Patia, Siracha, Kosi Chang, Na Jamtian, and Bangser. The number of international tourists arriving in Patia from November 1 to December 2nd stood at 9,437, or 295 tourists per day accounting for less than 10% of the 4 to 5,000 daily average during the pre-pandemic years. Tourist alcohol consumption in Pattaya averaged 500,000 baht per day prior to the pandemic. Without alcohol sales in hotel outlets and restaurants, operators said they had lost almost 60% of the revenue. Mr. Tanet said most operators also raised concerns about discrimination as convenience stores, particularly big chain stores, can sell alcoholic beverages as normal to tourists. He said the country's reopening hasn't helped hoteliers much as most tourists under the test and go scheme spend just one night in a hotel in order to obtain a COVID-19 test result. Many have families or businesses in Thailand with their own homes. Hotels in Pattaya had around 9,000 room nights booked which is inadequate to shore up business, said Pisut Seku, president of the Thai Hotel Association's Eastern Chapter. He said operators are losing hope as the peak season progresses, with major markets like Russia, India and China only expected to arrive next year, while European countries are battling new waves of the virus. So that is a little bit of good news for Patia. So it'll only be restaurants and hotels that have the SHA Plus certification, which means that they've basically they've got the SHA already, which means they pass certain standards set by the uh, Tourism Authority of Thailand and 70% then of all their staff are fully vaccinated. So it won't be everybody and certainly won't mean bars will be open or clubs, etc. Though in Phuket they seem to be. What basically might happen is you might see an awful lot of people now and bars rushing to become restaurants or they've already become restaurants and they're ready to start serving alcohol. I think you'll see that a lot more and hopefully it'll bring a bit more life to Patia and a little more income to people. It's interesting is that a day ago they were talking about not opening up anything until well past January 16th and then the next day they're talking about completely different. But it just goes to show that the people stopping them from opening is the provincial government and not the, the head government, you know, in Bangkok. That it's the provincial government. Because I also read that Chiang Mai will soon allow the very same. 
alcohol beverages to be served in restaurants and hotels that are SHA plus certified. It is the governors of these provinces that are now stopping people and businesses from reopening and serving alcohol, not the central government because Phuket went out on their own and they did it because their governor lifted the ban. The same with Bangkok. It was the Bangkok governor that lifted the ban. So these guys have the power to do it. But for some reason, they decided not to. But I think it's a positive step for all these blue zone areas. And I think the likes of Pattaya needs to have a certain amount of life to it in order to attract people. Because, I mean, if you're looking at the numbers, 295 international tourists a day. I mean, that's nothing. That's ridiculous. My hometown in the middle of Ireland gets more than that. You know, most people wouldn't be able to even find it. So it just shows how little people are coming to the area. Now, moving along and in kind of other travel related news, Singapore has tightened traveler testing. Singapore will require additional testing for travelers and extend travel curbs to more African countries as it rolls out more measures to allow its time to figure out how to deal with the Omicron coronavirus variant. All travelers on its vaccinated travel lane or the VTL will be required to be tested every day for seven days using self-administered rapid test kits, the Ministry of Health said on Friday. The measures coming into effect from December 7th is on top of an arrival PCR test for air travellers, as well as supervised rapid testing at test centres on days 3, 7 after arrival. And then South Korea, all international arrivals to South Korea must undergo 10-day quarantine. From Friday, all arrivals to South Korea, regardless of their nationality, must undergo the home quarantine for 10 days regardless of their vaccination status as Seoul grapples to contain further spread of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 upon confirming their first case. As you can see elsewhere around Asia, everybody's in fear of this Omicron variant which we know very little about and there's very little information about it but suddenly it's the shutting down of borders, it's quarantine on arrival. Singapore is ridiculous. You have to do a test every single day. I mean come on. What good is that going to do to anybody apart from make some companies a lot of money. It is really ridiculous how quickly the world has got into a panic over something they don't know anything about. We know we have COVID already. We know we have vaccines. We know we have testing. We know how COVID spreads. And I don't get this huge panic right now. Now, in fairness to Thailand, they haven't really been panicking that much. I think they're seeing how things are panning out around the world. And as long as they don't have a case of it here, they'll continue to kind of have this more relaxed attitude towards it. But who knows what's going on right now? I, I I really, I see in America as well now, you require a PCR test 24 hours before you arrive if you're, you know, flying to America. I mean, that's basically a ban. It's very hard to get a PCR test result, you know, do your test, get your result within 24 hours, and then also head to the airport and fly. It's quite difficult to do that. That's why a lot of countries say 72 hours. This to me, and in America, seems like it's very much like a ban on international travel without being a ban. I see also in my own country of Ireland, now you have to have a PCR test to enter or a rapid antigen test within 48 hours. So they've given kind of two options with that, which is kind of reasonable, but still I think a little over the top, a huge overreaction to something we know very, very little about. And next up, reshaping the economy. The government has come up with a raft of measures to attract foreign investment, including promoting foreign film production and startups as part of efforts to reshape the country's economic landscape. 
speaking after chairing a meeting of the Centre for Economic Situation Administration, the CESA, on Friday, Prime Minister Prayachana Cha said attendees approved measures aimed at reshaping the country through the development of soft power to create opportunities for further economic value. The measures include promoting foreign film shoots and productions in Thailand, attracting foreign investment in cloud services and data centers, and drawing wealthy foreigners and highly skilled professionals from overseas to work and stay in the country. To achieve the goals, existing laws and regulations must be improved. The Prime Minister said they must be revamped, otherwise investment cannot take place. Several laws are out of date. If we want to reshape the country, we need to act on several fronts, General Pryat added. We cannot stick to the old ways in a borderless world. We have to quickly take advantage of every opportunity. He said the meeting discussed investment in cloud computing services and big data systems in Thailand and that the government must find measures to clear obstacles faced by businesses. Representatives of the private sector and transnational companies express willingness to increase investment in Thailand if the government adjusts rules and regulations to accommodate them, he added. This is about national progress that will reshape the country and boost its income, General Pryot said. Danusha Pishanan, Secretary General of the National Economic and Social Development, explained the details of the measures. He said the CESA instructed the Creative Economic Agency, the Department of Tourism, and relevant agencies to come up with incentives to attract film production companies overseas to shoot films in Thailand. Among possible measures are cash rebates of up to 30% and amending dated laws and regulations, some of which have existed for 30 years, Mr. Danusha said. Regarding the proposed cash rebates, if film producers invested between 50 and 100 million baht, they would get 20% rebate, Mr. Danusha said. Those who also invested 100 to 500 million baht would receive 25% rebates, he said, adding 30% rebates will be given to those who invest 500 million baht and more. These proposals will be discussed at a CESA meeting next month, he added. Another measure aims to attract 1 million wealthy foreigners and highly skilled professionals from overseas to work and stay in the country within five years through tax and visa privileges, Mr. Danusa said, adding that concerned agencies have been given one month to finalise the details before presenting them to the CESA next month. For example, a long-term resident visa, which would be valid for up to 10 years, would be issued to wealthy or retired foreigners, migrant workers and highly skilled professionals, among other benefits, he said. Other measures involve promoting investment in tech startups, cloud services and data centers, he said, adding concerned agencies were told to improve regulations to facilitate investment. Thailand will also have to invest in clean energy for these businesses, he said, adding several foreign investors are interested in investing. And moving along, Apple warns suppliers of slowing iPhone demand. Apple Incorporated, suffering from a global supply crunch, is now confronting a different problem, slowing demand. The company has told its component suppliers that demand for the iPhone 13 lineup has weakened. People familiar with the matter said, signaling that some consumers have decided against trying to get the hard-to-find item. Already, Apple had cut its iPhone 13 production goal for this year by as many as 10 million units, down from a target of 90 million units because of a lack of parts, Bloomberg News reported. But the hope is to make up much of this shortfall next year when supply is expected to improve. 
The company is now informing its vendors that those orders may not materialize according to the people who asked not to be identified because the discussions are private. The company is still on track for a record holiday season with analysts projecting a sales increase of 6% to $117.9 billion in the final three months of the calendar year, but it won't be the blockbuster quarter that Apple and Wall Street had originally envisioned. Shortages and delivery delays have frustrated many consumers, and with inflation and the Omicron variant bringing fresh concerns to shoppers, they may forego some purchases. That could mean skipping the iPhone 13 altogether and waiting to upgrade next year when its successor comes out. The current lineup, which starts at $799 for the standard model and $999 for the Pro, is considered a modest update from the iPhone 12, which has a whole new design. Bigger changes are expected for the 2022 model, given some shoppers a reason to wait. And just a little bit of information in relation to the top brands here in Thailand. Currently, or as in October it was, was the last time I saw an actual report on this. The top selling phone was Xiaomi, followed by Oppo, Samsung, Vivo, and then Realme. So iPhone wasn't even in the top five brands that were bought in Thailand this year. Maybe a lot to do with the pandemic as well and a lot of unemployment played all into that too so people just couldn't afford to buy phones but they are the top five brands in Thailand. And finally the Phuket news. Phuket marks 78 new COVID cases, no new deaths. The latest Phuket Provincial Public Health Office daily COVID situation report has marked 78 new local infections confirmed across the island yesterday, bringing the total number of people recognized as infected with COVID-19 in Phuket since April 3rd to 18,069. African tourists in Phuket found face tests. Just one day after the announcement that officials were tracking down tourists who had arrived in Phuket from South Africa and Namibia in the hope of preventing the spread of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 across the island, Phuket Immigration Chief today confirmed that officers had located all but one of the tourists. Phuket Airport under fire for delaying noise pollution compensation payouts. The Phuket branch of Airports of Thailand, which operates Phuket International Airport, has insisted that it is not ignoring or delaying compensation owed to local residents in the area over noise pollution. And finally, Phuket splashes out 113 million baht on Shillong Bay projects. The Phuket provincial government has been approved to spend more than 298 million on local development projects, including 113 million baht on two projects supporting marine tourism in Shillong Bay. One of the projects is for more than 44 million baht to be spent on installing mooring buoys in Shillong Bay. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kira Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.